what is duty it is necessary in the study of karma yoga to know what duty is if i have to do something i must first know that it is my duty and then i can do it the first idea of duty is different in different notions the mohammedan says what is written in his book the quran is his duty the hindu says what is in the vedas is his duty and the christian says what is in the bible is his duty we find that there are varied ideas of duty differing according to the different states in life different historical periods and different nations the term duty like every other universal abstract term it is impossible clearly to define we can only get an idea of it by knowing its practical operations and results when certain things occur before us we have to all a natural or trained impulse to act in a certain manner towards them when this impulse comes the mind begins to think about the situation sometimes it thinks that it is good to act in a particular manner under the given conditions at the other times it thinks that it is wrong to act in the same manner even in the very same circumstances the ordinary idea of duty everywhere is that every good man follows the dictates of his conscience but what is it that makes an act a duty if a christian finds a piece of beef before him and does not eat it to save his own life or will not give it to save the life of another man he is sure to feel that he has not done his duty but if a hindu dares to eat that piece of beef or to give it to another hindu he is equally sure to feel that he too has not done his duty the hindu's training and education makes him feel that way in the last century there were notorious bands of robbers in india called thugs they thought it their duty to kill any man they could and take away his money the larger the number of men they killed the better they thought they were ordinarily if a man goes out into the streets and shoots down another man he is apt to feel sorry for it thinking that he has done wrong but if the very same man as the soldier in his regiment kills not one but 20 he is certain to feel glad and think that he has done his duty remarkably well therefore we see that it is not the thing done that defines a duty to give an objective definition of duty is thus entirely impossible yet there is duty from the subjective side any action that makes us go godward is a good action and is our duty any action that makes us go downward is evil and is not our duty from the subjective standpoint we may see that certain acts have the tendencies to exalt and ennoble us while certain other acts have a tendency to degrade and to brutalize us but it is not possible to make out with certainty which acts have which kind of tendency in relation to all persons of all sorts and conditions there is however only one idea of duty which has been universally accepted by all mankind of all ages and sect and countries and that has been summed up in a sanskrit aphorism thus do not injure any being 
not injuring any being is virtue injuring any being is sin the gita frequently alludes to duties dependent upon birth and position in life birth and position in life and in society largely determines the mental and moral attitudes of individuals towards the various activities of life it is therefore our duty to do that work which will exalt and ennoble us in accordance with the ideals and activities of the society in which we are born but it must be particularly remembered that the same ideals and activities do not prevail in all the societies and countries our ignorance of this is main cause of much of the hatred of one nation towards the another an american thinks that whatever an american does in accordance with the customs of his country is best thing to do and the and that whenever whoever does not follows his custom must be very wicked man the hindu thinks that his customs are the only right ones and the best in the world and that whosoever does not obey them must be the most wicked man living this is quite a natural mistake which all of us are apt to make but it is very harmful it is the cause of half the uncharitableness found in the world when i come to this country and was going through chicago fair a man from behind pulled at my turban i looked back and saw that he was very gentle gentlemanly looking man neatly dressed and i spoke to him and when he found that i knew english he became very much abashed on another occasion in the same fair another man gave me a push when i asked him the reason he also was ashamed and stammered out an apology saying uh, why do you dress that way the sympathies of these men were limited within the range of their own language and their own fashion of dress much of the oppression of powerful nations on the weaker ones is caused by the prejudice it dries up their fellow feelings for fellow men that very man who asked me why i did not dress as he did and wanted to ill treat me because of my dress uh, may have been a very good man a good father a good citizen but the kindliness of his nature died out as soon as he saw a man in a different dress strangers are exploited in all countries because they do not know how to defend themselves thus they carry home false impressions of the peoples they have seen sailors the soldiers and traders behave in a foreign lands in very queer ways although they would not dream of doing so in their own country perhaps this is why the chinese call europeans and americans foreign devils they could not have done this if they had met the good and kindly sides of western life therefore the one point we ought to remember is that we should always try to see the duty of others through their own eyes and never judge a custom of other peoples by our own standards and i am not standard of the person and the universe i have to accommodate myself to the world and not the world to me so we see that environment changes the nature of our duties and doing the duty which is ours at any particular time is best thing we can do in this world let us do that duty which is ours by birth and when we have done that let us do the duty which is ours and by our position in life and in society this is however one great danger to the human nature such that a man never examines himself he thinks he is quite as fit to be on the throne as the king even if he is and he must first show that he has done the duty of his own position and then higher duties will come to him 
when we begin to work earnestly in the world nature gives us blows right and left and soon enables us to find out our position no man can long occupy satisfactorily a position for which he is not fit there is no use in grumbling against nature's adjustments he who does not does the lower work is not therefore a low man no man has to be judged by the mere nature of his duties but all should be judged by the manner and the spirit in which they perform them later on we shall find that even this idea of duty undergoes change and that the greatest work is done only when there is no selfish motive to prompt it yet it is work through the sense of duty that leads us to work without any idea of duty when work will become worship nigh something higher and then will work be done for its own sake we shall find that the philosophy of duty whether it is uh, be in the form of ethics or love it is some as in every other yoga and objects being attenuating of the lower self so that the real high self may be shine forth the lessening of the fledgling away of energies to the lower plane of existence so that soul may manifest itself on the higher ones this is accomplished by the continuous denial of low desires which duty is rigorously requires the whole organization of society has thus been developed consciously or unconsciously in the realms of the actions and experiences where by limiting selfishness we open the ways to unlimited expansion of the real nature of man duty is seldom sweet it is only when love raises its wings and then that it runs smoothly it is continuous friction otherwise how else could parents do their duties to their children husbands to their wives and vice versa do we not meet with cases of friction every day in our lives duty is sweet only through love and love shines in freedom alone yet it is freedom to be slave to the senses to anger to jealousies and a hundred there are the petty things that must occur every day in, in the human life in all these little roughnesses within our life the highest expression of freedom is to forbear women slaves to their own irritable jealous tempers are apt to blame their husbands and assert their own freedom as they think not knowing that there by they only prove that they are slaves so it is with husbands who eternally find fault with their wives chastity is the first virtue in man or woman and the man who however he may have strayed away cannot be brought to right path by gentle and loving and chaste wife is in it very rare the world is not yet as bad as that we have we hear much about brutal husbands all over the world and about the impurity of men but it is not true that there are quite as many brutal and impure women as men if all women were as good as pure as their own constant assertions would lead one to believe i am perfectly satisfied that there would not be one impure man in this world what brutality is there which purity and chastity cannot conquer a good chaste wife who thinks of every other man except her own husband as her child and has the attitude of other mother towards all men will grow so great in the power of her purity that there cannot be single man however brutal who will not breathe an atmosphere of holiness in her presence similarly every husband must look upon all women except his own wife in this light of his own mother or daughter or sister that man again who wants to be a teacher or religion must look upon every woman as his mother and always behave towards her as such the position of the mother is the highest in the world as it is 
the one place in which to learn and exercise the greatest unselfishness the love of god is the only love that is higher than a mother's love all other are lower it is the duty of the mother to think of her children's first and then of herself but but instead of that if the parents are always thinking of themselves first the result is that the relation between parents and children becomes the same as that of the birds and their offspring which as soon as they fledged do not recognized any of their parents blessed indeed is the man who is able to look upon woman as the representative of the motherhood of the god blessed indeed is the woman whose to whom man represents the fatherhood of the god blessed are the children who looked upon their parents as divinity manifested on earth the only way to rise is by doing the duty next to us and thus gathering strength go on until we reach the highest stage the young sanyasin went to the forest there he meditated worshiped and practiced yoga for a long time after years of hard work and practice he was one day sitting under a tree when some dry leaves fell upon his head he looked up and saw a crow and a crane fighting on the top of tree which made him very angry he said what dare you throw these dry leaves upon my head as with these words he angrily glanced at them a flash of fire went out of his head such was the yogi's power and burned the birds to ashes he was very glad almost overjoyed at this deployment of power he could burn the crows and cranes by a look after a time he had to go to the town to beg his bread he went stood at the door and said mother give me food a voice came from inside the house wait little my my little son the young man thought you wretched woman how dare you make me wait you do not know my power yet while he was thinking thus the voice came again boy don't be thinking too much of yourself here is neither crow nor crane he was astonished still he had to wait at last the woman came and he fell at her feet and said mother how did you know that she said my boy i do not know your yoga or your practices i am a common everyday woman i made you wait because my husband is ill and i was nursing him all my life i have struggled to do my duty when i was unmarried i did my duty to my parents now i am married i do my duty to my husband this is all the yoga i practice but by doing my duty i have become illumined thus i could read your thoughts and know what you had done in this forest if you want to know something higher than this go to the market of such and such a town where you will find vada who will tell you something that will be very glad to learn <clears throat> the sanyasin thought why should i go to the town and to the vada but after that he had seen his mind open a little so he went when he came near the town he found the market and there saw at a distance a big fat vada cutting meat with big knives talking and bargaining with different people the young man said lord help me is this man from whom i am going to learn he is incarnation of a demon if he is anything in the meantime this man looked up and said oh swami did that lady sent you here take a seat until i have done my business the sanyasin thought what comes to me here he took his seat the man went on with his work and after he had finished he looked his money and said to the sanyasin come sir come to my home on reaching home the vada gave him a seat saying wait here wait into the house 
he then washed his old father and mother's and fed them and did all he could please do to please them after which he came to the sanyasin and said now sir you have come here to see me what can i do for you the sanyasin asked him few questions about soul and about god and the vada gave him a lecture which forms the part of mahabharata called vada gita it contains one of the highest flights of vedanta when the vada finished his teaching the sanyasin felt astonished he said why are you in that body with such knowledge as yours why are you in vada's body and doing such a filthy ugly work my son replied the vada no duty is ugly no duty is impure my birth placed me in this circumstances and environment in my boyhood i learned the trade i am unattached and i try to do my duty well i try to do my do my duty as a householder i try to do all i can Uh, to make my father and mother happy i neither know your yoga nor i have become sanasin and nor did i go out for the world into the forest nevertheless all that you have heard and seen has come to me through the unattached doing of the duty which belongs to my position there is sage in india a great yogi one of the most wonderful men i have ever seen in my life he is a peculiar man and he will not teach you any one if you ask him a question he will not answer it is too much for him to take up the position of teacher he will not do it if you ask a question and wait for some days in the course of conversation he will bring up the subject and wonderful light will be thrown on it i he told me once the secret of work let the end and the means to be joined into one when you are doing any work do not think of anything beyond do it as worship as the highest worship and devote your whole life to it for this time being thus in the story the vada and the woman did their duty with cheerfulness and wholeheartedness and result was that they become illuminated clearly showing that right performance of duties of any station in life without attachment to results leads us to the highest realization of the perfection of the soul it is the worker who is attached to the results that grumbles about the nature of the duty which has fallen to his lot to the unattached worker all duties are equally good and form efficient instruments which with which selfishness and sensuality may be killed and the freedom of the soul secured we all are apt to think too highly to of ourselves our duties are determined by our deserts to a much larger extent than we are willing to grant competition rouses envy and it kills the kindliness of the heart to the grumbler all duties are distasteful nothing will ever satisfy him and his whole life is doomed to prove a failure let us work on doing as we go whatever happens to be our duty and being ever ready to put our shoulders to the will then surely shall we see the light thank you so much